Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. I caught up in the song, forgot what was next. Do you ever do that? Just get caught up in what you're singing and praising God. This morning uh, we're going to talk about fathers and not perhaps so much fathers as children. Uh, everyone here has a father, and um, it's interesting to me that um, the, the, the countdown there talked about what it is to be fatherless, and here were two kids uh, whose father was not involved at all, and so they were fatherless um, until someone came along and adopted them, these this parents adopted them into their family and then they had a father a dad and they were so excited and they have a really dad I love the way they put that it's a really dad not a pretend dad not a kind of dad but a really dad and then they shared with us right that we have a heavenly father who is our really father and who loves us very much and so the question is how does how do we respond to the heavenly father and Jesus told a story to help us think that through, and it's found in Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 28. Jesus said this, What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe Him. May God add God's blessing the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word this morning. And to be together as Your children. We ask this morning, Lord, that You would receive um, our praise and our thanksgiving. And that You would recognize in us our love for You. And we thank You for being our Heavenly Father and we want to wish You a happy Father's Day. And we pray that as we look at Your Word and as we share together in Your Word, that we would hear Your voice and that we would respond to You. I thank You, Father, for Your love for me and giving me this opportunity. I pray that You would speak through me, though I'm unworthy except by Your incredible grace. And so, Lord, we gather here this morning to sing Your praises and to hear from You. Speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I got a lot of time. Oh, good. I, I, I bet I use it. What do you think, Kenny? All of it or just a little? All of it, I hope. Could you give me the first slide there? Um, yes, so uh, this morning we, we, we wish everybody a happy Father's Day. We celebrate fathers, and uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, 
being a, a child of a father and what that means and how that looks like. And, and if I really want to celebrate a father, how do I do that? How do I celebrate my heavenly father? Now, there are a lot of different types of fathers, right? Uh, you may remember a number of years ago, a lot of years ago now, uh, and just to show my age a little bit, uh, Harry Chapman wrote a, or Ch- Chapin, Chapin, I know what I want to say. It's saying it that's the problem. Harry Chapin wrote that song, Cats in the Cradle. You remember that? Silver spoon, little boy blue, and man on the moon. When are you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. And then at the end, what happens? The son says the same thing to him. And, and he says, oh, my boy turned out like me. My boy was just like me. Oh, Kenny can even sing it. If I'd have known, I'd have had you sing it for us, Kenny. It's okay. We don't want to break the sound system. Don't want to break the sound system. Uh, so, yeah, and, and there's that, that thing where the, the little boys and, and, and little girls often want to be just like Dad. You know, Dad, Dad's that one that um, they look to, and, and they want to be like Dad. And it's when they grow up, they don't want to be like Dad anymore. But come to find out, frequently they are in some ways. And hopefully the good ways, not the bad ways. I, I was thinking about other fathers that I know. Um, and this is one of my favorite fathers. Um, you don't know this guy. He's a pastor. He went to seminary with us. His name's Joey Gratzel. And uh, Joey's son, Gavin, is sitting in front of him. And I love this picture. Uh, and I, I would swear to you, almost every picture I see with Joey, with his son, Gavin, Gavin has a big smile on his face. Uh, because I, you know that Joey loves Gavin. And Joey talks about Gavin and how great he is and what a great son he is and how much he loves him. And you can see it on Gavin's face. Uh, and of course, Gavin is an adopted child. Um, and someone that has come into the Grotzel family. And, uh, and it's just neat to see when, when children are adopted and brought into a family and loved and, and how that just opens them up to, to all kinds of excitement about who dad is. And I know that Gavin thinks the world of his dad because his dad, why do you think he loves his dad? Because his dad loves him. Exactly. Because his dad loves him. And this morning, of course, we're talking about our Heavenly Father and how He has come to us and He has adopted us and how, how much He loves us. So the question is, how do you respond to that kind of Heavenly Father? How do you respond to that kind of love? How, how do you as a child, uh, how would you accept that? Now, now, there are some children who are adopted that don't like the fact that they're adopted and they, they rebel against that. And there are children who are born into a family and they rebel against that. And I, I remember a time when uh, my sister went around telling everybody my parents weren't her parents. She was mad at them. They're not my parents. I'm adopted, she said. <laughs> and I, I laughed. <laughs> um, that was about the time my voice sounded like hers on the telephone, which made it all kinds of fun. <sighs> I miss those days. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, she used to mess with me when I was little. Uh, just full disclosure here, she messed with me when I was little. She used to pull my ears, get on my 
arms and pull my ears. But don't, don't mess with me because when my voice sounded like hers on the telephone and some boy called, oh, I had all kinds of fun. <laughs> That's right. What goes around comes around. And yet, my parents, my parents, you know, hey, you can say what you want. You're our child, right? Because they loved her and they loved me and and so that didn't change just because she didn't accept it. It didn't change. How do we show the Heavenly Father that we love Him? How do we respond? Well, I can tell you, first of all, it's not what you say, right? It's not what you say. In our story this morning that Jesus gives us, He makes it very clear, right, that talk is cheap. Because both boys, both boys, say something that really means absolutely nothing. The first son that he goes to starts out and he says, Dad, I don't want to. I'm not going. You see, he didn't want to go. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. He didn't want to do what his dad wanted him to do. This boy is all about what he wants, not what dad wants. I'm not going. I'm not going, Dad. I don't care how much you love me. I am not going. No, 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 no. Not me. I'm not going. Some of your parents are saying, yeah, I remember that. But this, this son is not a little kid. This son is making a choice. And he's not going because... There are different things he wants to do. There are different places he wants to go. And he wants to do what he wants to do. And you see, it's not just little kids who make that choice, is it? Because there are people today who are living for what they want, what they think is best, what they want to do. And as they live for what they want to do, what they discover is, if you keep living for what you want, eventually it's going to come up empty. Jesus refers to the tax collectors in this story. You may remember the tax collectors in, uh, amongst the Jews would raise money. They would go around and collect taxes for the Romans. And the Romans required so much tax. And whatever they could raise above that was theirs. And so what they did was they kept raising taxes. Sound familiar? They kept raising taxes because that would mean there was more for them. And so although the Romans only required this much, they charged twice as much, three times as much, four times as much, putting a greater burden upon their own people. Why? Because there were things they wanted. Places they wanted to go. Things they wanted to do. And so this son says, I don't want to. I won't go. But the other son isn't any better, is he? Because you see, the other son says, I will go, and then doesn't go. You see, he says what he thinks the father wants to hear. Dad wants to hear him say yes. So he says yes. He gives the answer he thinks dad wants to hear. I remember when I was a kid in junior high. Man, I'm talking too much about my history. Maybe this isn't good. But I remember as a kid in junior high Sunday school class. We had it all figured out. See, we, we knew it all back then. 
And whenever the teacher asked a question, we knew the answer. Jesus, God, Bible. Because we thought that's what they wanted to hear. Now, as a Sunday school teacher, I know that's not what they wanted to hear. They wanted reflection. They wanted you to think. They want, but we didn't want to think. We wanted to tell them what they, we thought they wanted. Jesus, God, Bible. We've got a whole bunch of people in Washington telling you what they think you want to hear. See, talk is cheap. Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, in chapter 6 of Luke is talking to His disciples and He says, Why do you call Me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, talk is cheap. Why do you say the words but don't really mean it? Talk is cheap. You know, we, we say a lot of things in church. And unfortunately, people call us hypocrites. And I think we're, uh, they're often right because frequently our words don't follow our actions. And that's really what a hypocrite is, isn't it? Someone who says one thing and does another. That's a hypocrite. And unfortunately, we too often are hypocrites because we like to talk about things and we don't follow through on them. A.W. Tozer put it this way, we cannot pray in love and live in hate and still think we are worshiping God. You see, we talk a lot about love and yet the things we do often reflect a lack of love. I, I like to put it that way. That softens it, right? A lack of love. Is that really what it is or is it really hate? We talk about righteousness and we want people to live righteously and yet we live unrighteously we talk about forgiveness and yet we're not willing to forgive and jesus points all of these uh, inconsistencies out in our lives and he continually calls us to talk and walk the same what is it that uh, they used to say back in the day you gotta walk the talk you can't just say the words you got to live them. You see, talk is cheap. The problem is, when you try to live the words, it costs you something, doesn't it? If you're willing to say yes to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Jesus said, if you want, me, want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. I'm okay with the denying myself. It's the taking up the cross I don't like. But if I'm going to be honest and say what I believe to be true, then I have to do what I say. Or I'm a hypocrite and I'm not a follower. I'm walking by myself. I'm like the son who says, I will and then I don't. Or sometimes I'm like the son that says, I won't. Benjamin Franklin put it this way, well done is better than well said. You see, talk is cheap. And if we're going to please the Heavenly Father, then we need to realize that talk is not what it's about. If we're going to please the Heavenly Father, then what we need to do is change our mind. We need to change our mind. I love this image. 
so the person's taking their brain out and putting a different brain in. Yeah, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to change our mind, change the way we think. It's interesting to me that we are called to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans tells us, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. In other words, we've got to have a change of mind. Notice that the one son, the Scripture says, in Jesus' story says, he did what? He changed his mind. You see, that's where it begins. You have to decide. You have to decide that you're going to do what Christ calls you to do. You have to decide that you're going to be a follower of His. You have to decide that you're going to turn around and go His way. You see, it's up here that things have to change. We've been trying to change what we say. That's not what we need to change. We need to change how we think. We need to be willing to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's a decision to no longer pursue ourselves and what we want. It's a decision to say, I'm going to do what Christ wants. It's a decision that says, I'm no longer going to try to please people. I'm now going to try to please Jesus. It's in our mind where we decide that we're going to follow. As a matter of fact, (coughs) excuse me, At the end of the story, Jesus says that they did not repent and believe. Repentance means that you turn around and go the other way. I heard a guy, uh, a basketball player, say one time that he was excited about being on the team he was playing for because they were going to turn that thing around 360 degrees. Not the brightest basketball player. Now, if you missed it, he said 360 degrees. That's all the way around. And some people repent that way, right? I'm going to change, Jesus. I'm going to change to be just like I was before. But Jesus calls us to repent, to turn around, to go the other way. The the number is 180 degrees to go the other way. Are you willing to change your mind and decide to go the other way? To follow Him? And it's amazing when you do that how your life then begins to change. You see, because your thinking is different. You see, Jesus continually gave us different ways to think. He said it is better to give than to receive. You see, that's not the way we think because we think it's better to receive. I'm wearing my Father's Day tie. I got this on Father's Day many, many years ago. It's my Hop on Pop tie. It was a great gift. Mothers get all kinds of flowers. Dads get ties. But it's better to give than to receive. And it's so great to be able to give to your children, 
to give to your family, to give to your neighbors, to give to those who don't have, to give to those who are afraid, to give to those who are alone, to give yourself away. Jesus said you want to gain your life, you got to lose it. That makes no sense unless you've changed your mind to follow Him. Because if you follow Him, you realize that you take up your cross. And if you take up your cross, where does the cross go? It goes to the crucifixion. And when you're on the cross, you die. And if that's all there was, it wouldn't be worth following Jesus. But you and I both know, I hope you know, that when Jesus was pulled off that cross, He was put in the tomb, and three days later, He walked out alive. In other words, if you follow Jesus to death, you will have life. You want to gain your life? Lose it. Give it away. Live for for Jesus instead of for yourself. You see, when you begin to obey Jesus, when you begin to obey the Heavenly Father, you see, then life begins to have lots, a lot of meaning and purpose and direction. And life is worth living. See, the problem is, we, we start to follow Jesus, and we, 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 we say we want to please the Heavenly Father, but it's the follow-through that's difficult. And he says, uh, if you follow him, if you obey him, he sets you free. And that to me is just like, that's backward thinking, right? In other words, God said, if, if you become my slave, I'll set you free. How does that work? If I'm, I, if I'm trying to get out of slavery, why would I want to become a slave to something else? But when you become a slave to a father who loves you, it's no longer slavery, is it? We got my folks real mad one day. We went downstairs. We, we had to clean the basement. Didn't want to clean the basement. We argued and fought and da-da-da-da. Finally, we went down and did it. Didn't have a choice. We, we started singing those old spirituals. And my parents thought we were trying to say, make a statement. I won't say we were making a statement, but it certainly did. Boy, didn't they get upset. And I get it. Because serving our Heavenly Father is a joy and an honor. And it's not like being a slave. It's like serving someone you love. And when you serve somebody you love, you do it because you love them. And it doesn't matter. I've been with, with men and women whose spouses are dying. And I've watched them do some horrible things and have to go through some horrible times. And I've sat back at times and said, how can they do that? How can they keep doing that? You know how they do that? Because they love that person. And sometimes they go beyond what they should and it's to their own detriment. But they're willing to do it. You know why? Because they love that person. You see, Romans tells us you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And our world will tell you, that's a horrible verse. Wouldn't you rather have the fun of sin? 
The Scripture's clear, by the way. The Scripture says sin is fun. Have you ever read that? It's actually in there. It says sin is fun, but it also says sin is fun for a season, for a time. And the problem is, it destroys you. The good news is that righteousness, the righteousness of God, builds you up, encourages you, fills you with love, fills you with joy, fills you with peace. Which would you rather have? We live in a world that lives for the moment. Where you want what you want and you want it now. I get that. That's the way our world thinks. God says, change your mind. Put your mind on something that goes beyond the moment to something that's more fulfilling, more worthwhile, more meaningful. I'm excited about millennials. Um, we, we, our, our, uh, our, our diaconate talked quite a, li- quite a bit a year or so ago about millennials. And a lot of bad things are being said about millennials. And I just want you to know, millennials are awesome people. And one of the reasons they're awesome is they are looking for something more. And to me, that's exciting. That they want to make a difference. They They don't just want to work. They want to make a difference. That, to me, is exciting. Because, you see, I come from the baby boomers. And baby boomers are all about, hey, let's get what we can now. We'll work hard for it, but we want it. And we're going to get it. And we believe that the, the one with the most toys in the end wins. Of course, the truth of the matter is the one with the most toys in the end dies. Just like the one with the least toys. The question is, what are you doing to make a difference? You see, when you begin to change your mind, things begin to change in your life. You begin to discover that God has joy, peace, and love for you beyond measure. If you're willing to open your life up to Him, change your mind, repent, believe in Him, and really begin to follow Him. Do what He says. Watch what a difference it makes in your life. So talk is cheap. You want to change your mind. And lastly, um, when you begin to obey Jesus, um, you really become a part of the family. You know, both of these sons... Uh, could have been a part of the family. But only one really became a part of the family, right? The other one just kind of hung out. But the one who changed his mind went to work and went to work for the family and all of a sudden became an integral part of the family. One of the struggles as a follower of Jesus Christ is that Jesus calls us to different things, things that scare us, things that call us to, to go beyond ourselves, things that call us to sacrifice, give up what we want, what we think we need, what we think we should do, and, and to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And when we begin to do that, all of a sudden, He grabs hold of us and He grabs us into His family. And when you become a part of the family, you become an heir to the family fortune. And what's interesting is, when you become an heir to the family fortune, some of those things become available to you right away. Have you ever noticed that? And we, we often miss those things because we're busy trying to, to figure out if we could really do what Christ wants us to do. But when we start stepping out in faith, crazy things begin to happen. 
You see, God begins to work in your life and you begin to see new opportunities. And not only new opportunities, but you begin to see Christ change lives. Sometimes He works through you to bring healing to somebody. Wouldn't that be wild? If He called you to pray for somebody who was a neighbor, someone who didn't know Jesus and you prayed for them and they got healed, wouldn't that be wild? You see, Jesus has already begun to give us those gifts. Wouldn't it be awesome if you came up to somebody who was down and out and you sat down next to them and you cried with them and you talked to them and when they got done crying, they looked at you and said, thank you, I feel better. And you could say, I, I know why. It's not because of me, but because Jesus loves you. Never forget that. Wouldn't that be awesome? A few weeks ago, I told you that I had had a great opportunity to speak to um, a uh, um, security guard at the hospital. I don't know if you remember that. And, and a great opportunity. God laid it right out there, and, and I, I, I missed it. I haven't seen him since until last Friday. I think it was Friday. Um, I, was, I was beside myself because I thought, oh, Lord, I missed it. I, give me another chance. Please, Lord, Give me another chance. And I knew he was planning on retiring, and I thought that booger retired and didn't give me an opportunity. So last Friday, I get there, and he's there. Now, when I first get there, he's leaving the desk. I'm thinking, oh, no. But I signed in, and a little later, I went down. There he's sitting. We talked for an hour. It was awesome. We talked about what Jesus had done in his life. He's had a tough life, but he is a follower of Jesus. <clears throat> and it was so much fun to share together what Jesus had done. And I said, brother, I hope you have the best retirement ever. He said, well, he said, I want to retire before my wife forgets who I am because she has Alzheimer's. And I said, I'm going to pray for you. And we shared together at that desk. I, we, I had such a great time with him. And I, I can't imagine what God's going to do through him given all that he shared with me and all that God has already done. I went away encouraged because I wanted to share with him the love of Jesus. What would happen in your life if you really turned around and said, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to follow Jesus. I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I can tell you one thing that would happen right away. He would immediately make you his child. And he would say, I want you to know how much I love you. And he would open up his love to you. And he would say, serve me and watch. I'm going to do great things. Because you see, church is not something you go to. It's a family you belong to. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then God is your heavenly Father and you are a part of the family of Jesus. And we're so glad you're here this morning because His love is here to celebrate. Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commands. It's simple, not difficult. And if you love Him, it's easy to do. Because it doesn't matter what it costs. We love Him. Here's the deal. The Heavenly Father is right here. Right here this morning. And He loves you. Whether you recognize His love for you or not, He loves you.
And this morning, what He's asking you to do is simply follow Him. To give Him your life. Just that easy. And if you're willing to do that, He makes you His child. And He fills you with His love. And He begins to transform you. And life will never be the same again. If you've said before, Jesus, I want to follow You, and your life is the same as it's always been, then I'm going to suggest to you, you're doing one of two things. Either you've stopped listening to what He wants you to do, or you simply decided it was more than you wanted to do, and you've bailed out. I want you to know that Jesus hasn't bailed out on you. He's waiting for you to say yes to Him again. Turn around. Change your mind. Follow Him. This morning, maybe for the first time in your life, you realize how much the Heavenly Father loves you. And you want to give Him the best Father's Day gift ever. The best thing you could give Him is to say yes to Him. Say, I want to follow you. This is your chance. Why don't you say yes to Him? Let's bow together for a word of prayer. With your head bowed, with your eyes closed, just you and Jesus for a minute. I'm not even looking. If you want to say this morning, Lord, I, Jesus, I give you my life. Father, I want to give you my life. Just raise your hand. Nobody's looking but Jesus. Just raise your hand. Say yes to Him. Maybe you've fallen away. Been doing your own thing for a while. You came this morning... You just feel empty inside. And you want to change your mind. You want to turn around. You want to follow Him. Say, Lord, I I give You my life. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Maybe this morning, uh, you've been living on your own, not as a part of the family. You've been walking around trying trying to please the Father, but but not caring for His children. Maybe this morning you want, to, you want to step into fellowship here. and You want to say, Lord, I, I give You my life and I want to be a part of this fellowship. With only Him watching, raise your hand right now. Let's pray together. Thank You, Lord, for Your love. Thank You for being the greatest Father in the world. That You would love us even when we turn our backs on You. That You would love us even when we say no. Or even when we say yes and don't follow through. That you would love us even when we are at our most ugly. We thank you, Lord, that you are here this morning and that we can turn around, that we can change. There are some, Lord, that are struggling with that change this morning. I pray that you'd open their hearts and give them the courage to say, no, I'm going to follow Jesus. Some, Lord, who have heard Your call and they know it's a difficult road and so they've held back. This morning, may they say that they follow You, Lord Jesus. Open their hearts to You. Give them courage. Give them strength. Lord, some here this morning who found life empty and they're searching for something that will make life full. May they come to You that they might find what a wonderful Father You are that they might be fatherful. Lord, you've heard our prayer. We wait upon you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.